You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy! One and only Arnold Schwarzenegger! I ate a lot of meat. They showed us commercials. Steak. That's what a man eats. Selling that idea that real men eat meat. Serious man food. But you got to understand, that's marketing. That's not based on reality. I've been teaching fighting techniques to government agencies for more than 15 years. Then, I got injured. Unable to teach for at least six months, I spent more than a thousand hours studying science on recovery and nutrition, and stumbled across a study about the Roman gladiators. The gladiators were predominantly vegetarian. How could the original professional fighters be so powerful, eating only plants? When I made the switch to a plant-based diet, I qualified for my third Olympic team. I broke two American records. I was like, man, I should have done this a long while ago. When I went plant-based, I wasn't sure if I was going to survive. And I actually became like a machine. One of the biggest misconceptions in sports nutrition is that we have to have animal protein to perform at a high level. That's just not true. Sometimes you have to do things that you know your competitors aren't doing. Today's blood and yesterday's blood. I think this is going to wake a lot of people up. I was recovering better, not getting as sore. This was our best season in the last 15 years, and we had 14 guys on plant-based diets. We all want to feel great, have more energy. Cholesterol was 276. Today, 169. Whoa, now you're talking. Most guys my age can't keep up with the grandchildren. My grandchildren can't keep up with me. It's not one set of dietary guidelines for improving your performance as an athlete. Another one for reversing heart disease, reversing diabetes. It's the same for all of them. Someone asked me, how could you get as strong as an ox without eating any meat? And my answer was, have you ever seen an ox eating meat? Coming to you from a very old computer, this is Tim Jousman, welcome to, sorry, Tim the Nerd, welcoming you to another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. Joining me all the way in Portland, Maine, we have here, Holiness, the Reverend Tracy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I got two shots, you know, two arms, two shots deal. I, I found, finally found a place to get my COVID booster um, because, yeah, like even though it just came out like and got to a lot of places last week, everybody's booked until the beginning of October, which helps me zero amount because I am getting on a plane on the 28th to come to Oregon for the haunted house. Um, but I lucked out while I was on the phone with my general, my my main practitioner person, my PCP, if you will, 
Um, and they had had somebody cancel one for last night, like while I was on the phone with them. So they snuck me right in and then I was able just to go somewhere and get like a flu shot, like on my way. So, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit frustrating though, because I actually learned that the same place that I could go and walk in for my flu shot was going to be throwing away 300 doses of the booster, the brand new booster. Um, and basically I'd wound up talking to the same person. Yeah. which is, I guess, why I even know this. I'd called because trying to find a place to walk in because scheduling wasn't getting me anywhere. And uh, she had mentioned like, well, we actually just found out this morning that because of how it was stored in transport, so repeat of shit that has been happening, right? Yeah. Um, that we have to use it within seven days because of how it was stored and stuff. So they were waiting to like, call back at two, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I call back at two and she said, yeah, even though the manufacturer said it was safe and fine and we started opening up for additional appointments, we got immediately called by corporate and told, nope, throw them away. <laughs> so they're going to use whatever they use up until Thursday when they get their new emergency shipment. And it just, it blew my mind, right? Because initially I thought maybe it was because of a worker shortage that they weren't doing walk-ins. But the fact that I could walk in for my flu shot knowing that they have these doses back there like it was really just kind of funny but i did get both of them my side effects aren't too crazy it's mostly the sore arms and i'm a little tired from not sleeping well because of the sore arms and uh, it's great because the covid side like i've got a band-aid that's still on it but it's just it's sore that's the only reason i can't take the band-aid off because it's a really good band-aid <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, I don't want to push into my skin to get it off. But yeah, so if you guys, uh, if anybody out there was worried about getting both at once, I just kind of figured most of the side effects that you get from the flu shot, my little, the reverence PSA about the flu and COVID vaccine super quick is that your body having any side effects after is really just reacting to a foreign body in you. And so the way I kind of rationalized it is, well, I don't think it's actually going to be any worse to get both of them at once than it would be to get one at a time because it's still just reacting to something foreign in your body. So I decided to go ahead and do it. I had some friends even comment saying like, oh, I'd be kind of scared to get both. And I was like, eh, but if you read about the immune system, um, you know, it's not the same as a disease progressing or getting two sicknesses. It's just still reacting to a foreign body. And so far it seems to check out that it's fine. I'm doing, doing great. Now I am fully flu and COVID vaccinated in time for my flight to Oregon. But uh, enough with the PSA on the shots. Just if you were on the edge about getting both, I think it's fine. Um, but how is your week going, Tim? So far, so good. Uh, the other day, I had my 46th birthday, so there was that, and um, officially got to do a father thing. Um <laughs> Haven't uh, had a chance to do any official uh, adult father uh, activities yet, but I got to uh, spend a little time uh, at a barbecue at my oldest son's house. So I got to spend time with uh, him, uh, his lady friend, and uh, their roommates. Um, I brought Professor Aubrey with me because I knew in that situation I was going to be so freaking nervous that I wasn't going to say anything. And in fact, that did happen. Um, you know, they ended up putting on the new uh, House of the Dragon um, did like Game of Thrones uh, sequel show uh, that's on HBO Max and like everybody else was talking about that show and I'm like I don't like fantasy sorry <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> let me just sit here awkwardly and just try my best to make it through this 
pretty much. But um, but it, it, uh, th- having said that, just because I did not talk didn't mean I you know did not have a good time. And you know um, the yeah, just the fact that I got to spend like a normal day, you know, being a dad again, that was cool. That was very cool. Well, awesome. Was it at least good barbecue? I'm picky about ribs. Uh, it definitely was. Uh, my son did make some ribs. Uh, I, I also did bring uh, some uh, hamburgers and uh, some Hebrew National Quarter Pound hot dogs. Um, I mean, if you're going to eat hot dogs, those are probably some of the best ones out there, and especially the Quarter Pound ones. Just so good, you know. And and yeah, when it comes to like meat on a grill, you really can't screw it up that much. <laughs> oh yeah, I know our friend of the show, John, is like always grilling and posting like delicious grilled stuff um especially chicken um because his sister wendy who is also a friend of the show can't eat red meat um and i don't think she really cares if i share this but she got bit by a lone star tick which is hilarious to me because i actually thought that was a joke in texas like trying to explain vegetarians and vegans or people who won't eat beef because beef is just such a Texas thing. Um, mm-hmm. If you couldn't tell from the, the intro from last episode with our sausage man. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's always like putting up delicious grilled stuff. I know I, I kind of miss grilling. I know I want to do a good grill at some point, but maybe when we've got a house, we can get a grill and every now and then I can do like some ribs or something. Yeah, I, I know um, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook as well. And like one time when he did, I, I did the typical joke where, I mean, he posted the, what he was cooking. And I was like, is the stuff on the left hand side your vegan options? You know? <laughs> where he had like chicken and then like beef on the other side or something like that. And yeah, so uh, he he's definitely made a lot of stuff that uh, my mouth has watered over. And I guess his dad has uh, my same birthday as well. So, um, you know, he did a lot of... Uh, cooking this weekend too so happy birthday to john and wendy's dad oh happy birthday to the dad indeed now before we dive into the show today let's talk about freelandia real quick um yeah just real quick i feel like you've kind of talked about it a lot lately so i told tim just going to keep it brief just the fact of the matter is we're still hiring um we're looking for actors we're definitely looking for makeup sfx artists so if you're in the portland oregon area and want to maybe entertain the idea of getting paid to make people pee themselves with their permission, because we're all about consent, feel free to go ahead and submit an application. I did put a referral area in there, so you can say that you heard it from the Reverend or from Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast. I mean, I I can't offer any preferential treatment, but it would be cool for me to know, like, hey, a listener. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, and hey, who knows, maybe you will see me there as well if uh, you do sign up. So uh, something else to be super excited for. Yes, I've I've already told Tim if he wants to come play. There's all sorts of he doesn't have to be like right in front of strangers play. There's like a lot of yeah, because it even goes into it. If you don't really see you as a face to face actor person, there are some things that go bump behind the walls. So it's a really great intro space if you're not sure if you're like that level of haunter. There's mm-hmm. like little you know trap doors and things that are very I would say easy scares to get in there and it goes back to I just find it to be very empowering work so feel free to apply if you're interested 
All right. Now, um, before we dive into our main event for this week, we do have a couple things we wanted to bring up. First of all, we have a comment from a past episode. Uh, AJ Sanchez, friend of the show and friend of the Reverend, uh, made a comment about episode 271. That was our episode about banning bottled water. And he said, we stopped buying bottled water for the house a while back. Our tap water is terrible, but drinkable after being filtered. If I have to buy water while I'm out, I will look for glass bottles or cans like Liquid Death. And I'm glad he brought that up. Uh, we brought I brought up uh, Liquid Death uh, very briefly on last week's episode as well. But um, this does show that it's not hard, really, for – I mean, it, it may take a little bit of work, but it's not hard to find alternatives um, to, to – for bottled water packaging that um, are less that are less dangerous than what plastic can offer so um, yeah I mean any comments on that well I mean just to kind of put it this way like you can actually get a water filter pitcher for somewhere between I think some of them might even start as low as I see right now just googling at Walmart you can get one for 1588. Um, and other areas like that. So if you put that into the perspective of what you're paying for a case of water, if that's what makes your tap water more tasteable and hey, the shareable that I made about the Reverend breaking down reasons you should drink tap water, it said in blind taste testing, filtered tap water. Like nine out of 10 folks couldn't actually tell the difference. So if you're looking for that taste, if you do have bad tap water, a little investment in your home will save you those bottles of water going forward. So if you look at it that way, I mean, even if you're getting like a, a $50 like pitcher, that's got to mm-hmm. at least be like five cases of water, if not less. Right. Because I don't think you can get a case of water for $10. I'm not sure how much they are because I don't buy them, but I feel like they're between 15 and 20. So yeah, you can just kind of reroute that fund, stop buying the cases of bottled water. And if you're buying bottled water individually, I guarantee you're paying way more than that for it once you add it up because that's where it kind of gets you. But uh, yeah, a little bit of investment can go a long way. And it's not just healthier for you. It's also better for the environment, too, after all the stuff that we talked about. So. Yeah, and we didn't really bring up uh, Brita water filters as much in the episodes as well. So I'm glad he brought that up too, because like, uh, like I, I know there are Brita Walt Brita water filters that you can connect to, uh, like directly to like the faucet on on your sink in your kitchen. Um, that, you know that that are still relatively cheap. That will still give you uh, great drinking water. You have the pitchers, like you mentioned. I even saw, speaking of those pitchers, this is a side tangent, but on TikTok. Talk, somebody um, poured a bottle of vodka into one of those Brita, Brita filter uh, uh, canister things and then uh, like drank the results and apparently they said that the vodka tasted better. How funny. And yeah, like I know I'm not necessarily saying go to Amazon. It's just the easiest place to get like a consistent price that most people could expect. But yeah, yeah. Brita Basic Faucet Water Filter System. For one of them, it is $26.85. So that's hooking it up right to the thing. And like I said, if you don't want it hooked up, because, you know, like say if you're boiling water or cooking with it, you might not care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you can totally get a pitcher. And guess what? It's water. It doesn't even have to take up room in your fridge, but it can if you like cold water. So just a little bit more food for thought on episodes past. Yeah, that was episode 271. Now, you did have a correction for last week's episode that you wanted to bring up. 
I did a correction slash side nerd because this is something that I just think was really cool. And I love when we get corrected on movie depictions or TV depictions of something being totally incorrect. Um, but I had misspoken. I said that, um, what was it that I had said? Uh, not, not, wow, I can't even think of the term. But basically, I had said that something in the past uh, was that they were bean and barley eaters, and I misspoke. It was the gladiators. Mm. Oh, Spartans. It was not the Spartans. It was the gladiators. And so I found two quick articles I want to go through, especially since, um, you know, we've kind of got, just got three pros and cons left, so we figured we can throw in a little side nerd about some famous vegetarians out there called the gladiators. And I found a Guardian article. And this article is actually kind of talking about how Russell Crowe, that movie, The Gladiator, that depiction is totally wrong. But it also goes into some of the cool research that's been done on the bones of gladiators when they found them in burial grounds. And it says, new research has poked massive holes in the long accepted image of gladiators as poor wretches sent to gruesome deaths in front of crowds baying for blood. Gladiators were in fact provided the best food and health care during their years of training and were given the best medical treatments. They were kind of the football stars of their day with sponsorship deals and a share of the prize money. And then there was another article I wanted to share really quick because it actually goes into the diet and the findings. And this one's from the BBC. Roman gladiators had a diet that was mostly vegetarian, according to an analysis of bones from a cemetery where the arena fighters were buried. The study has been carried out by academics from Medical University of Vienna in Austria and the University of Bern in Switzerland. And they found that gladiator diet was grain-based, mostly meat-free. The examination of gladiator bones also found evidence that they drank a drink made from plant ashes. This ash drink was a form of health-boosting tonic to help gladiators recover after fighting and training. And, and a little bit later in the article, they actually compare taking that tonic to the way that we take magnesium and calcium in the form of tablets, like after physical exertion. So a little correction, not the Spartans, totally the gladiators. And also just a side fact that a lot of the movies that portray the gladiators are absolutely incorrect. Um, a lot of folks actually volunteered for that life because, again, it was kind of like that claim to fame. They were able to give prize money to their families. And I guess there was only a one in nine chance of dying in the ring. So I guess it wasn't as bad as other things you could do. But, um, yeah, and they even um, mostly tried their best to, like, pair up fair fights. You know, like they do in like wrestling and boxing and things like that. Kind of the same thing. You don't want to watch like a heavyweight champion beat the shit out of a lightweight person. Like they didn't want that back then either. So to keep the fights entertaining, they kept them well nourished, well cared for medically. And they did their best to pair the fights so that it was fair, like as, as even matched as they could. So a little bit of a side nerd slash correction to my misspeak. It was not the Spartans. Indeed, indeed. And uh, it was nice to know that at least I, I, I can tell people I do have the body of a Roman gladiator with a gun. <laughs> but, you know. If that was even true, it turns out, right? Because again, we have to move away from any of the movie depictions. But they yeah. were a high fat diet, I guess, was something that was mentioned. So just kind of interesting stuff. Read about the gladiators. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, that, that, you know, they didn't have as much meat in their diet. I mean, for one reason and one reason alone, I can think of refrigeration. You know, I mean, refrigeration is a relatively new thing here um, in, in terms of us having the technology to be able to store stuff long term cold. So mm -hmm. 
It, uh, yeah, it um, just th- th- it makes sense that people wouldn't have as much access to me because it's not going to be stored as as long uh, as it did, uh, you know, as as we have it today. So, and, yeah, the, and I think. Oh, go ahead. It, sorry. And I think too that that may be part of the problem that because we can store for so much longer, people you know, tend to buy more of it and tend to use more of it. And then our supersized culture where everything needs to be major, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, storing meat was a huge issue. And I know we've talked about the food that built America, but that came up there. Like that was a lot of the reason ketchup even got invented was to help cover the taste of spoiled meat because there was like next to no regulation and there was really almost no way to keep it fresh um, because it wasn't even until around those same that same time period that bird's eye uh, discovered a way to quickly freeze food because frozen food was just you know mush right you think about when we try to freeze something in our freezer compared to buying something that's commercially frozen Mm-hmm. It's because our freezer can't flash freeze. And that was something that wasn't discovered for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, it goes back into the increase in meat and high perishables like that is relatively new to our diet anyway. It's not something that's been forever and ever and always. Indeed. Indeed. So how about we go into the main event and tackle pro and con five, six and seven to wrap up vegetarianism here. Yay. Okay, and it, it, being at house sitting here, um, for the, the reason I faltered for a second, there was like weird noises coming out from the front yard, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, is this house going to be exploded or something? But no, so we're still here. Yep, All no right. side effects. No side effects. So let's dive into it here. Pro number five, a vegetarian diet lowers risks of disease. A vegetarian diet reduces the chances of developing kidney stones and gallstones. Diets high in animal protein cause the body to excrete calcium, oxalate, and uric acid, the main components of kidney stones and gallstones. A vegetarian diet also lowers the risk of heart disease. Vegetarians had 24% lower mortality from heart disease than meat eaters. A vegetarian diet also helps lower blood pressure, prevent hypertension, and thus reduce the risk of stroke. Eating meat increases the risk of getting type 2 diabetes in type 2 diabetes in women and eating processed meat increase, increases the risk in men. A vegetarian diet rich in whole grains, legumes, nuts, and soy proteins helps to improve glycemic control in people who already have diabetes. Studies show that vegetarians are up to 40% less likely to develop cancer than meat eaters. In 2015, the World Health Organization classified red meat as probably carcinogenic to humans and processed meats as carcinogenic to humans. Consuming beef, pork, or lamb five or more times a week significantly significantly increases the risk of colon cancer. Eating processed meats such as bacon or sausage increases this risk even further. Diets high in animal protein were associated with a fourfold risk in cancer uh, death risk compared to high protein diets based on plant-derived protein sources. And this does remind me to uh, what you brought up last week in terms of the amount of meat that people should be eating within a week. And they said 11 ounces, you know, um, and, and what this is telling me here is not so much you know, enjoy, you know, vegetarian diet is the only way to go. Um, They repeatedly bring up portion size here. And with people eating, you know, 11 ounces or more of meat a day, that will lead to some problems. What did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, and this this does also go with the prevalence of prostate cancer um, with following the China study. I mean, the China study research found, and just to read it, so I'm not misquoting this one, but it's the lower the vitamin C and beta carotene intake, the higher rate of esophageal and stomach cancer. And many different studies strongly indicate that these antioxidants may be helpful in protecting from long variety of cancers as well. But like, that's part of like everything with the cancer findings they found was because of the uptick of it that happened with the higher consumption of meat and dairy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to hear somebody kind of lay it out and like cancer is still our boogeyman right like we still pretty much if somebody says they've got cancer granted it does not mean what it used to mean right Mm. we can totally respect that we've gotten further in treatment we we've really like come a long way in that sense but i think there's a lot of argument that can be made about the fact that this is avoidable a lot of the time it seems, right? And that the diet can turn on and off things. And I know I talked a little bit about game changers. Uh, Forks over knives goes into this very specifically. Now, I don't think I've nerded out too much about forks over knives, so I'm going to take this as a brief opportunity to, because by the way, those are still the two documentaries I highly recommend. Yes, they're talking about the vegan diet, but I love that it's not the but what are what about the animals emotional part? It is very much forks over knives is focused on the diet. Game Changers does diet as well as um, vegan athletes and the environmental impact without going into some of the emotional stuff that's just kind of meant to get you, you know, really spurred up. <clears throat> but what was interesting about forks over knives that they covered is there were two doctors that decided to kind of really practice in the sense of, you know, the Hippocrates quote, which granted, we know the Hippocratic Oath, the whole do no harm. But Hippocrates also is a big proponent of let food be thy medicine. And so that is basically the way that these two doctors operated totally separate from each other. And they wound up coming together at some point, And that's where we got the Forks Over Knives doc. But what you learned about one of them is that he was interested in treating cancer with diet. And what you find out in this documentary is the patients he was given were basically told, we're done trying with you. Say goodbye to your family. This is not working. Your cancer is winning. And one of them, a lovely little old lady, actually beat the shit out of her cancer by changing diet because I think it was actually Dr. Ecclestein, um, but it may have been the other one. I forget his name. But um, part of his treatment was going into the home and teaching how to cook specifically a whole food plant-based diet, which is more strict than just vegetarianism. But at that rate, you're treating an illness. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense to go really strict, right? And yeah, she very point blank said, they told me to say goodbye to my family. They said there was nothing they could do for me. And there was this experimental thing if I wanted to try it. And she's like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever go back. Um, perfectly healthy, doing the documentary interview. And it was just kind of interesting to not even say like, oh, I've got cancer. It's too late. No, you can actually even view some of these dietary changes to reverse it, it seems. So um, yeah, it would be nice though, I think if more people just 
we're willing to reduce the likelihood of getting the cancer with all of the information coming out, kind of showing that our diet is very much influential in some of these diseases. And some of these diseases are metabolic and very, very avoidable. Yeah, especially, I I think a lot of it too, unfortunately, is just how things are marketed in this country. I mean, meat generally, you can get large portions of it for for cheap. Um, And also, we're not, you know, even taking into account the food that poor people have to get, you know, um, because a lot of times when you're poor and you don't have much money, you're going to go for quantity over quality every time. And, you know, the quantity food um, is nine times out of 10 going to cause a lot of extra problems, you know, like what, like when you have conservatives, uh, politicians that want to come out against, you know, like lowering food stamps and whatnot, they, they commonly bring up the poor people that are fat, you know, like if, if they're, you know, if, if they're so, uh, struggling, how come they're fat, which, uh, you know, as and we've talked about it on the show before too. That, I mean, the, there is no real basis in that argument because of what these people have access to eat, and it's not good stuff. Um, and and I, I've been poor myself. So, and with it, when you have a family of five uh, and and you don't have much money coming in, you know, it's like you got to swallow your pride. And, and unfortunate, that's that's unfortunate that that I had to choose, you know, feeding my family compared to feeding my family good food that would keep them healthy, you know? Exactly. And some of it's education too, right? Because beans, beans are very cheap. Um, Even canned beans, but especially if you get dry beans, that's one of those kitchen tool investments. I actually gave Tim a tour of the kitchen tools (laughs) that we have um, because we have an instant pot, which is I used to jokingly, uh, I still call it the magic meal machine. So mm, for short, (laughs) but yeah, it makes it so you don't have to soak. It makes beans easier. Um, But yeah, so I think it's a little bit of a mixture of the lack of education around food and the, you know, being more poor and thinking that you really do need to have meat with every meal, you're going to be making even less healthy choices. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to grab the big bulk thing of deli meat. Um, you're going to grab the big thing of Tyson frozen chicken. You know what I mean? Or hot um, dogs. Hot dogs. Or, or hot dogs. Uh, but yeah, what's funny is red meat, processed meat, like, Bacon, ham, salami, and frankfurters is actually listed as a group one carcinogen now. Like this, this is now known that this is listed as a carcinogen, which is a known cause to cancer. Okay, like that—that's what group one is. It's like, oh yeah, this is definitely a contributing factor. And God, I was raised on lunch meat. Yeah. So processed lunch meat, and like something that like I learned. Uh, through friends that were pregnant, you're not even supposed to eat hot dogs and lunch meat like nowadays uh, in the pregnancy world. So I just thought that was just like, wow, but yet, but yet, but yet we still do it. And then the last thing just on diet where it's like, I actually have a personal experience with it. I think I've mentioned it on the show before too, but the Mr. Reverend, we didn't know that he had um, something called polycystic kidney disease. I don't think he minds if I, I share this, but we didn't know he got diagnosed. And because of his getting service through the VA, you know, they'll take blood draws like all throughout his fucking life. And mm-hmm. now they don't always look at all of the counts, but the data was still there. 
And when the Mr. Reverend met me, I was kind of more plant-based geared. And so he was interested in trying this too. I was like, yeah, watch these documentaries with me. And if, if you're for it, cool, let's do it together. If not, like we can just do like a, a mix match type thing. And he was really down to try it, you know, for health and, and you know, trying to get back into his fit self as a Marine. And uh, what we got told sitting in the office, because I was with him, it's like, oh, it's really interesting because I could see your kidney function was going down like through 2016, 2017, which is when he met me. <laughs> and then something happened. And now like your kidney function is basically back up to 100%. Like it didn't drop enough for them to like ring any bells. Right. right. But just when now when whenever he was diagnosed, they went back to look at the information they had. And so reviewing that with this, the Mr. Reverend, and I just kind of looked at each other like, holy shit, that's really cool. Like we didn't even know we were treating something for him. So not just cancer, but it seems like this might be hindering our body's ability to repair and fight off other diseases too. So, and and you can totally look at the science on that and, and vet that information for yourself. Granted, yes, some of my stuff that I shared is coming from a documentary that is pro trying to get you to consider this diet, but I cannot shake how well that aligns to the personal experience of getting told that and shown the chart and shown these numbers change when we had no idea and that was the only change he had really made. Uh, yeah, and for someone who's been a prolific meat eater since I was a kid here, um, that doesn't mean I don't, you know, deny the evidence of what I've seen. And generally, yeah, people that do eat the vegetarian diets are generally health-wise going to be a lot more healthier. So to your point, I think education does help because because it lets people know more options like like for me like i find the reason i tend to end up getting the same stuff over and over again partly ties in with my anxiety you know like when i'm going to the store um you know like shopping for something new that i've never cooked before compared to just grabbing what i know i i can cook um i'm going to go with the easy stuff here you know it's not that i don't want to uh you know you know eat healthy and whatnot but just there are people that that it can be really hard to find that other stuff unless they do have that helper or, or the knowledge of, of what to, what to buy because you know so I, knowing me i probably talk myself out of uh, a lot of stuff in terms of food wise just it's too hard but it's rice one cup of rice two cups of water dummy <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's something i know you've already announced that you're moving here and that's something that you and i have talked about off the air is i'm not going to push food on you but if there's ever anything that i make that you want to try and if you like it you're more than invited to our table to eat some of our food um but yeah that was oh my gosh so one last thing about it being an actual real life example is the mr reverend was having some high blood pressure went in and granted some of this was going on during our move you know we were traveling across the country eating a lot of junk etc adjusting to living in a new space which also changes just your grocery bill in general but i will never forget sitting in there with the doctor and the doctor wanted to up his blood pressure pill. Mm -hmm. He said, can you give me some time to work this out and try to lower my blood pressure naturally? And so we go in a few months later and I still remember the dumbfounded look on the doctor's face about his numbers actually being better. And him just explains like, yeah, you know, we'd kind of gotten back on being more plant-based and starting to exercise more. 
And it was just hilarious to me to see this glazed over expression on the doctor's face. Like, you mean you changed that with diet? It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, so there, there's definitely a demographic in this area that relies heavily on pills, which, you know, normally you just end up increasing that dosage. It's not that it makes anything better. It's just your, it helps your body fight off something that's going on within it. But anywho, there's, I guess there is a lot more to say that I gave credit for about pro number five. Um, because there's just so much information and I invite anybody to go do your own research, vet it because this is your body. This, this pro here is 100% your body. And most importantly too, I mean like switching, uh, to a veg, uh, like more of a vegetarian diet or all, or or an all vegetarian diet and increasing your exercise too. Even if that doesn't solve the problem, that's still not bad. It's still not a bad habit to pick up, you know. So even if it doesn't resolve a particular medical issue, you know, work with your medical provider, but try it too. It's not going to hurt. It's one of those why not both situations. Because guess what? If you're wrong about the diet, your doctor is at least still involved to give you that insight and information. But I guess what I'm learning in my experience is that going mostly vegan, mostly plant-based, again, not we're not eating the Beyond Beef patties every night for dinner. Oh, my God, that would be fucking insanely expensive, eh? Um, you know, being bean and barley eaters, there might be something to it. So, but, you know, your doctor would actually tell you if you're having, like, iron deficiency, like something that's really bad. And so far, it's just my experiences is all the scary things I was told that I wasn't going to get in my diet. I mean, I take a multivitamin, but other than that, I'm not jumping through hoops to get the things that my body needs. And my body seems to be really fine. I do see a general practitioner. They, they do blood draws. They've checked my, my counts and stuff because I do want to make sure I'm healthy. And I know we even just have an avoidance of doctors in our culture. But I think a lot of that is, is people get scared of what the doctor is going to tell you. But I go in there empowered knowing I don't have to do a fucking thing this doctor tells me. This is informational for me purely. And ever since then, I've gotten a personally healthier mentality around seeing doctors. So anyway, this is one of those that I feel like just really triggers my passionate side because we just have so much unhealth in our culture that seems largely unnecessary and largely the cause of big marketing. You know what I mean? We had this whole eat like a man thing, which uh, in Game Changers, even Arnold Schwarzenegger picked at that. Like he thought he needed to eat a bunch of meat all the time to be who he was because we're constantly told that. Look at the old Carl's Jr. commercials. Like they, they straight did that. Or bacon. Um, we've talked about this before, but, the, you know, like 10 years ago when bacon was everywhere, that was a concerted effort by, you know, people in the bacon industry to market bacon more. And, um, you know, as, as, as we learned here, bacon is a carcinogen. It's not something you should be eating with everything like bacon covered donuts. Why Portland? Why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Again, Group one carcinogens. Okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's group one. <laughs> Definitely yeah. been linked to causing some cancer. And that's not PETA's website. This is, you know, cancer.org is what I'm staring at right now. 
Um, and I, I'll probably put something so we can include it in the show notes, just but since I shared, you know, about bacon and salami and stuff like that specifically, because, you know, we like to give you guys information if you want it. I, I have no intention of gaslighting people to validate my vegan diet. I don't need to. Um, I just live it and I enjoy it and I know how I feel. But, uh, but anywho, got to get into con, the con part of this, right? Indeed. Let's do that. Con number five, a diet that includes fish provides the body with essential omega-3 fatty acids. Fish are a powerful source of the omega-3 fatty acids EPA and DHA, which are important for brain function, lowering triglycerides and reducing the risk of death from heart attacks and strokes. Although the omega-3 fatty acid ALA can be found in plant oils, the ALA must first be converted by the body into the essential EPA and DHA. The process is inefficient and may not provide the same cardio, cardiovascular benefits as eating fish. And, you know, I, I've definitely heard that about fish before, but I think you've also mentioned, too, um, that with technology and medicine being what it is today, you can get these uh, the uh, omega-3 acids that, that you need in pill form um and yep. the, you know I, I, I yeah go ahead yeah i'm um, just algae I, algae is a great source of it can't talk enough about that i actually take um an omega-3 fatty acid because it's a brain builder it's important for your brain um for health there but there's other benefits of choosing algae-based sources and some of that even comes into the ethyl mercury counts because they can't always account for that in fish plus algae oil is lacking cholesterol so if you're not meaning to add that to your diet you're not mistakenly doing so and then other contaminants of course like i said heavy metals um even arsenic and cadmium was another one i think i remember reading about at one point um but and also like there are algae farms um that aren't nearly as detrimental as some of the factory farming which i think i'm just learning that i'm a huge anti-fan of factory farming in general Mm -hmm. Granted, that being said, I still think the lesser of two evils, if you got to go cheap, is to get the factory made beans, you know what I mean, over the factory made meat. And maybe if you're doing the factory made beans, you can go to a local farmer for the the non-factory beef and you can still have like your steak every now and then. Indeed, indeed. Um, And it just again though like with technology being what it is like uh, you know i think it is a lot easier for people to um be healthier in terms of getting 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 this stuff uh you know in other ways without necessarily having to re- rely upon the meat i mean i think the uh, you know like growing up as a seventh day adventist you know I, I i saw what it was like to be a vegetarian in the 80s compared to what it is today and it was a lot tougher it was a lot tougher, you know, like I remember uh, my dad trying to go into Burger King to get a vegetarian Whopper and they literally just put uh, in the 80s, they put, you know, mayo, lettuce and tomato. And that was it. That was the vegetarian Whopper. It was just like, fuck you, dad. I even remember that because whenever I went to the Christian university and we were traveling across the country, that was some of my early trying to be vegetarian, which... <laughs> Being a vegetarian in Texas, I think, is probably still hilarious. Like, because they act like they don't know what to feed you. <laughs> like, I, I remember my father might come. I was like, "So, are you eating real food yet, or do I have to figure out what to give you?" I was like, "No, it's okay. I'll just graze the front yard. Small pebbles are great, good filler, <laughs> um, and just be a huge smartass about it." But that was one of the few options I had. And 
granted, it wasn't bad. Like I've had, I've had way worse uh, veggie patty burger situations than mm-hmm. than Burger King. Um, but I did think it was kind of funny when they came out with the Beyond Meat, and I, I really wanted to try it. Right, like I wanted to try some fast food vegan that wasn't like a vegan restaurant, like Veggie Grill or someplace like that. And mm-hmm. I remember driving through. It's like, yeah, this was. I want to get your vegan burger, so I'm going to get the 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 veggie patty and. I guess I'm okay with mayo. I told him like still put mayo on it because that's just what I prefer on my burgers. And they went, you want bacon on that? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with no. But <laughs> I mean, I guess all joking aside, you're still reducing, right? Like even if you have your bacon on your burger, totally see it. If that's like gonna turn into your new thing, granted, I don't like Burger King. I it's their buns for me that just totally kill it. Um, I did try it a few times at a few places just because, you know, sometimes I still like a burger, but chances are if I'm craving a burger, I'm still going to go get a bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's because that to me was always the best drive through bacon cheeseburger. Right. But yeah. uh, I do think it's kind of interesting how many more options there are now. Indeed. Indeed. Well, let's move on here to pro and con number six, what is that pro? I love it because it's one of those pro cons that just directly conflict with each other. So pro number six, vegetarians live longer. A study of 121,342 people, very exact number, found that eating red meat was associated with an increased risk of death from cancer and cardiovascular disease. Probably because red meat is a group one carcinogen, like we just said. Um, Another study found that adherence to vegetarian diets or diets very low in meat for 20 years or more can increase life expectancy by 3.6 years. A study of Seventh-day Adventists who were vegetarian or ate very little meat showed longevity increases of 7.28 years for men and 4.42 years for women. And a study of 73,308 people found that a vegetarian diet is associated with a 12% reduction in all-cause mortality. Um, Since these two are so related, I'm going to go ahead and read con number six, and I figure we can just respond to this idea in general. Um, So con number six, shocker, they say vegetarians do not live longer. Uh, This myth stems from the fact that vegetarians tend to be more health conscious overall, eating a more balanced diet, exercising more and smoking less than the general population. When a study from the German Cancer Research Center compared health conscious meat eaters with vegetarians, there was no difference in overall mortality rate. Now, I do think that this con has a very valid point. That's why I wanted to read it, because if you're following any diet, The fact of the matter is you're going to be more conscious of what you're putting in your body, any diet. So that could even be right. Like, so I'd want to almost look into this German research that they did because, okay, but how much meat are your meat eaters eating? Because if they're, if they're health conscious and also, is it all beef? Do they do more chicken? Maybe they do a little bit more fish. Like this is not to me super fair because they're not comparing it to the average citizen's diet. 
it seems like they're cherry picking more than anything. Yeah, because we don't know if the meat eaters were the type of meat eaters that would like eat a hamburger with pieces of ham as the bread. You know. <laughs> oh my God! There's a place here that does um, the grilled cheese on each side. I'm just like, uh, oh my God, that's that's a heart attack waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Because there's everything about that. Like that even goes into you know there was a statement up in one of the ones that you had read about us evolving to eat more meat and I'm like now is that because it's actually good for us or is that because we have been doing it and evolution doesn't necessarily change to what's best for us it changes to acclimate our environment so if we have had generations of eating more meat well then that kind of lends to well yeah the body's going to adapt to it so but yeah I, I did think it was interesting they're only comparing to health conscious meat eaters. But even in pro number six, they said vegetarian or mostly vegetarian. So what's funny to me is they're kind of talking about in, in some overlap, they are talking about the same people mm-hmm. because I'm sure the health conscious meat eaters are gonna be like, Oh, that mostly vegetarian that eats meat, you know, once or twice a week, we're going to go ahead and throw them in with the conscious meat eaters. Right. So they're really kind of talking about the same people. But my problem with con number six is that a lot of people and I would even venture to say majority of folks are not very health conscious eaters. And I think that number of health conscious eaters are becoming less and less because I don't even think people who are dieting to lose weight are not health conscious. They are weight conscious which I think are two totally different things. Uh, anorexics and bulimics are weight conscious. Mm-hmm. That ain't healthy, right? Some of these juice fasting diets, um, some of these really extreme diets that are weight conscious are by no means health conscious, right? It's about getting into the bikini body for summer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like this was an interesting one. And like I said, I always do love it when they just directly say like the opposite things, but I found it interesting that I feel like they had a lot of overlap and that they were probably looking at the same people and that my biggest beef, (laughs) pun slightly intended, but I'm bumped. I'll be here all weeks, folks. Um, at least on Saturdays. But uh, <laughs> but my big beef with this one is that most people don't fall under health conscious meat eaters that are meat eaters, right? So you're not, in a way, vegetarians do still live longer because they're more likely to be health conscious than a lot of people with a meat heavy diet. And you touched upon something interesting too, that you know a lot of diets these days aren't necessarily made to make a person healthy necessarily they're meant to shape a person into what society deems is healthy you know healthy for um our society in america here is skinny 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 and um you know like guys can get away with guts a little bit more than women can but you know there will still be guys that will be ridiculed for being fat for being chunky i mean you know anybody that's done any sort of history on chris farley you know no that that guy had you know, major self-esteem issues because of his weight yet you know he's one of the funniest guys of of my generation sadly you know yeah i mean and granted it wasn't even his diet that took him out it was Drug use. drugs wasn't it wasn't it like doing like a mixture of drugs or something if i remember it goes back to i don't necessarily follow these things that close other than i go 
Well, that's he, tragic. You know, that's unnecessary. Yeah, he died from what was called a highball. Um, a a highball. See, I almost really accidentally showed how <laughs> how naive I was. I almost called it an eight ball, but I something told me that that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was that's what it was called. I mean, um, but basically, it was uh, a mixture of cocaine and heroin, like uh, a depressant and and uh, one that would the counteracting and just. Uh, you know, that's the type of dangerous drug stuff that just oof, like like I don't like I'm an adult. And if you you can have fun with substances on occasion. But, you know, once you're getting into that level, that's that's you're you're just you're, it's it's Russian roulette at that point. And unfortunately, he lost. Yeah. 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 But uh, but anywho, so live longer, don't live longer. Take it with a grain of whatever. Um, I'm still going to go with. They are probably right. It's really about making a health conscious choice thing. And I'm sure health conscious meat eaters are making choices to not eat beef at every day or every meal. So that still kind of checks out to even a lot of the stuff we were saying before we got to this particular pro and con is mm. that maybe it's not about being staunchly vegetarian or staunchly vegan. Maybe it's just being more aware of your meat choices and just not eating it as much. And also, too, I mean, they brought up the Seventh Day Adventists, as I mentioned. I grew up uh, in that religion. It I, there's something to speak about being with the right group of people, having the right culture ar around you, in terms of encouraging you to make those healthy choices. Because for as much as I do disagree with the Seventh Day Adventists on a lot of stuff, I mean, the health food wise. They got points. That's not a bad thing to uh, eat, eat healthy. And, you know, again, when you do have a group of people that are participating in proper healthy behaviors that you hang around with as well, it's bound to rub off on you. So it's it's and I'm not saying that as a recruitment thing for the Seventh Day Adventist, mind you, I'm just stating stating that it is important to, you know, not only have the proper healthy diet, but have healthy friends as well have health that have healthy mindsets that encourage you to eat right instead of hey let's get that triple burger at Wendy's yeah you know <laughs> exactly like maybe uh, just don't get it every week like i do i i here's my my bad vegan confession i can confess as the reverend as well when the mr reverend goes out of town I will go out of my way to go get a Wendy's bacon cheeseburger. And it's not because like I shame eat because he's gone. It's, you know, I'm pouty. I don't feel like cooking because I know he's going to be gone all week and it just makes the house really quiet. But that is one thing I still legitimately do. And I have zero shame about this. Like it's, it's fine, but I don't need Wendy's every day, every week. I'm not sure how often most people eat fast food. It seems like a lot. And that's not me trying to judge or even like watch people all that much. It just seems like I have noticed that fast food has become like a regular part of people's diet. And that is not health conscious decision if it, if you ask me about it. That's, uh, you know, I, I think of myself when I worked uh, downtown uh, here at the Apple store. I think a lot of it is, results from the bad habit of not preparing your lunch and bringing it to work. I mean, the reason I hit the food carts a lot was that I didn't bring my lunch to work. Um, you know, granted, the best part about the food carts was that I got to leave the store where I worked at, which for my mental health was so good. Um, but uh, it's it's. 
cultivating good habits. The reason they are, I mean, like the fast food restaurants are essentially like the candy, the, the candy uh, aisle um, at the, at the register at the grocery store. It's the last minute thing to like, buy me, buy me, buy me type of thing. And it's, it's, it's marketing. You know, there, there's a reason uh, fast food joints are everywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe less so now. Cause I know here, like I actually had to drive over to the main mall area for my Wendy's because, uh, got there and there was a sign saying we're closing at five due to worker shortage. So I don't know what's going to happen to our fast food nation because they can't find people to work. Um, so I don't know, maybe we'll have to choose less fast food here in the future if this trend continues. But anyway, 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 shall we dive into pro and con number seven? Yes. The final one for our, should you become, I almost want to say more vegetarian. Right. Like not because uh, it's it goes back to it's kind of funny that even some of these pros are saying just less meat from time to time. So, yes, what's our, our final pro con for becoming more vegetarian? All right. Human anatomy has evolved to support a primarily vegetarian diet. Carnivores have large mouths with pointed teeth, short intestines, three to six times body length, and their livers can detoxify, excuse me, the excess of vitamin A absorbed from meat. Human teeth are short and flat. We have long intestines, 10 to 11 times body length, and our livers cannot detoxify uh, vitamin A. Now, humans, I believe, are not carnivores. I mean, I think we're on, isn't it the term omnivore anyway? It, it is. We are supposed to be omnivores, um, much like, you know, gr- gorillas and primates, right? Like they don't eat a lot of meat. Now they will, I believe, eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at the teeth structure, and I've, I've read a lot about this particular argument. Um, if you look at the intestinal tract of definite carnivores, so thinking your big cats, they're, they're like kind of the biggest example of strict, they don't eat vegetable or vegetarian or, or, you know, vegetation at all. Um, their digestive tract and their teeth are totally different than ours. And meanwhile, our digestive tract and teeth, more meat to the animals that are omnivore or more vegetarian. I mean, look at these puppies. They're not that sharp. Right. And I think there's even a reason like I get meat stuck in my teeth. I know a lot of people like, man, you get eat meat, it gets stuck in my teeth. I was like, well, maybe because our teeth aren't made for it was some of my, some of my earlier, like silly little thoughts on it. It's like, granted, spinach also gets stuck there, too. But that's just a totally different thing. Um, but, yeah, I've heard this quite a bit. I didn't remember the vitamin A absorption issues, but that is a vitamin that you can't overdo because, yeah, we don't have a way to really get rid of it. Like vitamin C, our body processes that out, right? Take too much vitamin C, you're just going to have really bright pee. But that is your body getting rid of it. So totally valid for me. It's just not the, the, don't have the words, I guess, but it's not a, a fair argument in support of vegetarianism because again, we are not carnivores, you know. Um, I, I think this also does support the idea that, you know, we've talked about the past couple episodes that, you know, if you do eat meat, 
having it be the primary part of your diet is probably not the best idea. And I think more than anything, you know, if we are not made to eat meat on a regular basis anyway, uh, you know, it, it kind of uh, supports the thing here. So it seems like the argument here is a little disingenuous. You know, it's like because we're not carnivores, like, well, we know that. You know? Yeah. And if you look at pictures of like herbivore, omnivore and carnivore teeth, like, yeah, omnivores actually have like way more defined fangs than we do. Now, herbivores don't have those at all, mm -hmm. right? So if you look, it's like all of this flat straight across, like especially like certain like chimps, horses, right? Horses don't have fangs. Now we do have fangs, but they're not very big. So I think it just kind of goes into like, maybe our body was more designed to be omnivore light, like mostly vegetables, mm -hmm. but maybe sometimes meat too, because we do have teeth that kind of imply that we can chew that up. We can eat it. We can pierce through things. But yeah, like if you look at like orangutans and some of the other like very well-known omnivore teeth, they have huge fangs compared to us. So I always thought the teeth thing was kind of interesting um, because no, we don't have teeth exactly like insert animal. Right. But if you're going to use that as a guide to how we should be eating, no, we're not meant to be strictly herbivores. But we're also not really quite omnivores, but we're definitely not carnivores, according to the teeth. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And that kind of does tie into uh, con number seven here. So I will read that and get that out of the way. Humans are omnivores and have evolved to consume even more meat. Eating meat has been an essential essential part of human evolution for 2.3 million years. And I'm sure there's a Christian somewhere whose head burst. It's only 6,000 or whatever. I don't know. Um, but the inclusion of meat in the ancestral diet provided a dense form of nutrients and protein that when combined with high calorie, low nutrient carbohydrates, such as roots allowed us to develop our large brains and intelligence. Evidence shows our taste buds evolved to crave meats, savory flavor and Okay, great. I, I, I can I, I can deal with that. That doesn't mean um, doesn't mean it's 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 uh, invitation, I guess, to eat a fully strict uh, meat diet or something like that. But um, you know, like if anything, it supports the idea that that you know we've talked about multiple times in the past few episodes. Again, that you know, in moderation, it's going to be fine for your diet. It's just, you know, this idea that, um, you know, because of marketing that we have to have large portions of meat on our plate for it to be good. You know, we have to really examine that. Exactly. And this even goes into something I was talking about a little bit earlier. Like just because something has evolved in us, it doesn't actually mean that it's something that was better for our body. It could be an evolutionary response to something happening more because if we're only eating meat, well, what would that say on a biological level? Well, that would tell our body on a biological level, well, this is what is accessible. So we must prepare to eat this. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because it's better for us, just because it's it's what we've been doing. So some of the evolution stuff, I feel like you have to take with a little grain of knowledge there that evolution isn't always the thing that is better for you. It's actually trying to change things so that what your environment provides can be good enough for you. So when you realize that that spurs evolution, this to me isn't really a good argument. This to me almost says we've been forcing this diet 
Mm -hmm. um, to the point that it actually is changing some stuff now. And um, the other part of this that's interesting is, okay, yes, there is a tie to us eating meat, eating animal fats, and our brain development. Absolutely correct. However, now what we do have is knowledge that it's not all great, but there are things about it that are good. And that is where you can get into, but we have supplements and we have very sustainable ways to make these supplements. That's not feeding into the factory farm issue, which to me is the other larger part because it's not just affecting like our health, it's affecting the environment. Mm -hmm. And then, Oh, I almost forgot about this. And I'm glad that it rattled around in my meat computer now, but I had shared an article with Tim about how trauma can be intergenerational, like in the sense that it can be passed through epigenetics. And they did the study with mice. And the reason I found this far more fascinating that they did it with mice and animals is because, you know, there's that little bit of speculation that humans aren't necessarily the same as mice. Absolutely correct. So you should take any study as it pertains to humans that are done on animals with that being kept in mind. But what I found so interesting about the timing of reading this article is like, okay, so wait a second. If we've just confirmed that trauma can be passed through epigenetics and can intergenerationally affect offspring, if we've had lines of animals being raised in factory farm, we actually have generations of trauma through animals that we are then consuming. So yeah. I think even just for as long as we have been doing these practices in, in, in factory farming makes it even unhealthier for us. So there's that factor to consider too. So, yeah, I mean, I think it really, all of this really goes to maybe just not as much. Like maybe being staunch vegetarian isn't necessarily the answer, but continuing things the way that we have been also doesn't really seem to be the answer for a multitude of reasons. May that be uptick in cancer, uptick in gastrointestinal diseases that are going on, other metabolic diseases, heart disease. Like that's all a very valid argument. And then you also have the environmental impacts that I don't want to forget about from our prior episode, right? Like yeah. it, it just seems like maybe less is the answer. Like maybe if you're going to support factory anything to cut your bills, maybe the lesser of the two evils, which I know we've talked about isn't our favorite justification, maybe the lesser of the two evils is getting the beans and stuff that are made on the big farms. While they are not innocent, it's still not a double tax on our environment to make a bunch of soy to then feed to pigs, which has even worse issues with like the the runoff situations from their their poop and like the methane issues from cow farts like it just seems like the better choice is to load up on your vegetables and your beans your legumes your grains yeah and maybe try to find a better source and vote with your dollars and just eat better meat for you and for the environment when you are eating it yeah I, it's what I would like to see, though, in, in, and, you know, I don't know how this could be put into place. So this is just, you know, wishful thinking. But it's like I, I wish we had a spot in this country to where, you know, poor people did have more options to, um, you know, get more healthy food, you know, and it's it, it is 
an absolute crime that, you know, we have food deserts in this country with the amount of food we have available. Um, you know, like take a look at what happened during the pandemic and it wasn't the first time that's ever happened where, you know, because places were closing down, farms didn't have the ability to send food out. And so they just ended up destroying the food instead of, uh, you know, like giving it to a homeless shelter or something like that. And, you know, I find that sad. I find that sick. And in terms of like the government too, I mean, like we, we talked about how government will subsidize wheat and corn, but they're not offering other subsidies for other things as well. And then you have farmers like companies that are, you know, taking the, the, the vegetables that have, you know, like, like corn and whatnot and using stuff like high fructose corn syrup, which is much, much worse than just basic sugar, which is bad enough on its own. And it's it's we need a lot in this country to change. But to your point, there is a lot that people do have the power to change on their own, you know, and I think ultimately um, it means, yeah, eating less meat. I mean, there are there are a lot more options to do things with your vegetables to make them a lot more palatable for today's diets that I, I think people do need to take more time to uh investigate that on their own and also eat a little less meat. And again, I'm guilty of that myself. If you've seen our TikTok, you've seen me drool over heavy, greasy food here. And and like you put a big hamburger in my face, I'm going to try and eat it all. But that's not healthy. And I know I need to change a lot of stuff, which part part of the reason moving to Maine is, is, is because of that. And, you know, I know. Uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to rub off things on you, but in my not pushy way that I, I try to do things. Because, yeah, like, you know, kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger said in Game Changers, like, if you cut, so it was like, well, you need to stop eating meat. Well, the initial reaction is like, well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know, and I don't need to do that. Like, I, I really enjoy my diet. I think I can talk about it in ways that are a little bit more welcoming. And then I love cooking for people. So that helps a lot, too. Like, I made a big old casserole dish. Um, I, I've been asking people, what's your comfort food? And mm -hmm. then I'll make it and then just bring it to them. And one of the, the gentlemen that we had met through uh, the VFW here, I mean, he kind of gave us the old, like, doesn't soy give you tits? And, like, we had to kind of talk about, like, no, even men's health has accepted that that's a myth. It's, it's not true. Um, but I had made shepherd's pie took it over for him to try. And he honestly told me, he goes, I'm not a liar, but if you hadn't told me this didn't have meat in it, I don't think I would have known. So there are good ways to make it. That's not going and buying beyond beef. Cause I don't really think that honestly is, is the best representation of meat replacement, um, buying some of those things. Um, but yeah, like I do hope that if there's some things that you like, Tim, that I can rub off on you. I want my friends to be healthy. And I think that comes from a nicer place. And maybe that's why I don't hit as much resistance about dietary stuff. Cause I think people kind of know or get a feeling of where you're coming from. Like, am I trying to pitch to you to try my lentil sloppy joes because I want to see my friend eat something healthy that maybe they enjoy? Or am I just trying to convince you to eat my food because it validates me? And I think people sense that validation drive. So I just try to not have it, <laughs> especially with yeah. diet and health. Yeah, you're not like the crazy vegan lady from TikTok that I made fun of. <laughs> oh, my God. I I remember watching. It's like she tries to do this sing-songy, cute thing about, like, why are you not vegan? And I'm like, oh, my God, you make me want to eat a cheeseburger. 
um, just to not be that. I mean, granted, I sing a lot. I've got, especially since I listened to the show, for self-feedback. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I do that some. Um, but I think there's there's a level to it that she was just kind of hyperactive about it. And I don't know. Didn't she have pom-poms or something? No, but she was just an awful woman. Um, it, it, that was, again, a TikTok video I made. If you can check out that video on TikTok. Do not check out that woman's work, though, if you do do, do a deep dive, because she um, uh, compared farms that kill animals to the Holocaust. And, like, fuck you, lady. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and while I don't agree with the treatment of animals on factory farms, uh, don't compare shit to the Holocaust. Like, just, just don't. Don't do it. Um, just it, it was its own thing, and I don't think it's fair to try to compare it to anything. Um, but I think most of our highest tragedies are like that. Like, I don't think they should be compared. Like, I know 9-11 was a tragedy, but I wouldn't compare that to like the Pearl Harbor bombing that, you know, they experienced over there. Like those are their own separate tragedies and deserve their own space and recognition for the horrible thing that it was. But yeah, like I, I can't stand when vegans take the, the high end to the right of trying to compare factory farming to stuff like that. But the, just to kind of like round Robin that one, if you also came out of this agreeing that factory farming just seems like a garbage practice, unfortunately they find ways around, right? Like uh, even talking about free range and some of those things in quotes that they're supposed to be doing aren't really being like, uh, what, what's the word? Like they're, they're not, there's nobody actually, yeah, enforced. There we go. They're not being enforced. There's nobody actually making sure it happens and we don't know if it is. So if you don't like these practices, unfortunately, the only way that we can speak to businesses in a way that they give a shit is not giving them our money. That is the thing that they listen to. Because when sales drop, they look to the marketing people and say, why? They, you know, when, when laws pass, they look to people and say, how can we get around it? But when profits drop, that's when businesses will ask why. And that's why I, I will fully, fully, fully support buying a lot less of it or just not giving them money at all anymore, especially if you can find, you know, other dietary choices that will allow you to maybe go in on a cow with your friends, because that is an option. I know people that do that, that will allow you to like get game meat off of hunters, because sometimes they end up with a surplus. Like I've got deer in my freezer that I'm going to make chili with because the Mr. Reverend's boss went hunting and still had a whole bunch of stew chunks and, and ground. And I'm like, Oh, joyous. I'm going to make chili and share it with everybody. So, uh, you know, there's, there are ways that aren't necessarily paying the market price of the same factory farm kind of doing a lot of the same practices, but meeting a certain list of criteria so that they can put free range by technicality or organic by technicality or all natural by technicality or pasture raised by technicality. Um, yeah. Cause if you look into those terms and what they mean, it's really not that much like something I brought up to Tim before we started recording free range, I guess just means they have, the ability to be given access to the outdoors, but there's no clear like, oh, well, they are outdoors X number of hours a day. Like that, that's not a thing right now, apparently. So it's like I have, what those mean. It's like I have the ability to buy a Porsche, 
but I don't have a Porsche. <laughs> oh, Tim, are you a jogger? Because you have the ability to go on a jog. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Exercise, though. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that, I think, is going to wrap us up for this week. Before we close down shop, did you want to talk about Fairlandia one more time? Yep, just last little plug. Please wander over, apply if you're in the Oregon area and interested in helping out either with the scary, spooky stuff or the makeup, gory stuff. Um, it'll be a lot of fun this season. We are right next to a spirit Halloween store, too. So if you even want to invent your own character, that is something that with approval of myself, the owners and management team, you can do. We have a lot of actors that really get into the costume build portion of it. I know that's what I'm in the middle of right now. I'm revamping my ringmaster, and I am super excited about that. Um, but yeah, so go ahead, apply, and come see what it's like to, you know, make people pee. Sometimes they poop, but not as often. <laughs> well, I hope to not be there on the day the poop happens. You know, I, I yeah, you don't pay me enough to clean up poop. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, it never actually has been a problem. It's been kind of funny because, like I've said to people, like people have literally asked me, oh my God, I peed. Am I okay? And I'll just like, look, be like, yeah, you're fine. Cause it's never as much as like, no, literally like people, when they get scared and that happens, mm -hmm. they think that they have just like gusher down their pant leg. And it's just like, that's not at all. It, it's very, very slight. We've never had like a cleanup incident. Um, no matter what people have admitted. It's just uh, a dribble, sir. Move on. <laughs> it, it's just a little bit of a dribble or maybe there was a shart that happened. Um, but other than that, no, it, there's no cleanup. So please don't let that deter you. That's literally never been an issue. Uh, so, <laughs> What a shitty haunt. Literally shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it is it the smells that we've put in the room or did somebody poop in here? You know what I mean? <laughs> we were so oh good over there, there was one season where we we had like the sweetest actor come up and be like, Tracy, I think a homeless person has maybe been breaking in here and sleeping at night because of there was a smell and they, they, they happened to work with a certain demographic where they knew kind of the smell. And what it was, was one of the owners was using like they do have haunt air like not fresheners obviously but like air perfumes and stuff like that and yeah. in that space he had been treating it with a rotted flesh scent so yes that exists but there are all the smells are on purpose um <laughs> okay then <laughs> it's <I'm> ambiance <laughs> I don't well, think we're using them anymore though just throwing that out there I think we actually decided not to do that anymore <laughs> Yeah, Portland can bring its own unique smells on its own. You know? womp, womp. <laughs> anyway, well, that brings us to an end to, to another episode here of Friends Talking Nerdy. Every Saturday, we'll have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes. Until we meet again, we bid you adieu. Don't be scared. Get your shots. Now, here's the time for a little razzle-dazzle. And they'll beg for their lives. <laughs> Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling. <laughs>